0: And we're not used to that, are we? But they're used to that. They're used to that. They're used to sheep being herded across a road. It's a dangerous road. It's vehicles. It's a touring bus, for crying out loud. Those sheep are in trouble. But the shepherd got them across the street. But my brother asked a question. He's, 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 pretty, he's pretty good about picking things out that, that, that don't fit. He said, Hey, uh, I don't know, I'll just call him Mr. Tour Guide. Hey, Mr. Tour Guide, I've got one question about what I see. He said, um, Why are there two shepherds? Anybody want to take a stab at it? He said, Oh, because those sheep are headed to the slaughter. Psalm 23. Psalm 23, and nobody died today. Can you believe we're at Psalm 23? Y'all might have died a little bit with that comment that I just made. Sound like y'all at least took the air out of the room. I didn't mean to hit you that hard already. I apologize. But Psalm 23 seldom gets preached in a church except for when somebody dies. Am I wrong? There's a lot of good in here. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I just threw that, it doesn't say amen, but I just knew y'all would say it, because we always do that at the end of that one, don't we? But I know you're just saying in agreement, amen, let it be true. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The word want there means lack. I shall not lack anything. Can I tell you that that's just not a a coverage for Christians? It's not just an insurance policy? That belongs to you when you allow Him to be your shepherd. This scripture says the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's a benefit that comes to being His, but also to be in particular being led by Him. This scripture starts out letting me know I need to be led. I need to be led. I, I told you guys this, um, and I preached for just a second to our young people, and I, and I told them this a couple weeks ago. I said, uh, part of the reason that You see all of us older people coming to church is we're trying to fix. We're trying to find a way to fix what we messed up on earlier in our lives. We're trying to find uh, a way to help me forget about what I did because I can blame anybody here on what I did. I can even say the devil made me do it. But if I will be honest with myself, it was me standing there who decided to disobey the lord because most of the times in my life when i've been at that threshold of temptation there's been a decision to make will i walk away or will i walk toward it and i had no pitchforks stabbing me in the back prodding me toward it on my own on my own accord on my own will i willfully disobeyed God, and walked into that. And I'm going to tell you this, if you're looking for a way back from that type of action, admitting it was you and taking responsibility for it is step number one. And you will not be able to bypass that step. And it got awfully quiet when I made that statement in here. It got awfully quiet. I'm only telling you that because I know I'm speaking from experience. I shall not want. I need a shepherd, and the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. That statement right there is, is, is interpreted as, as pastures of green tender grass. The pastures that he has are from a guided place. He, he is a good shepherd. So he does not look at the field that is eaten up and say, hmm, where will we go from here? Well, let's come on, let's just start walking. Let's, let, me click the, let me click the staff and get them moving and we'll go on the search for green pastures. His pastures are always green. His pastures will never be green and he's not on the search for pastures. And, and here's what's an amazing thing he makes me lie down and green tender grass. Some of you that enjoy the outdoors like I do, I know you've seen it every now and again. You see a deer, the rare occasion when we get to see a deer so relaxed that it it decides to bed down and it does not know that danger is lurking close by. Because I still believe the dominion scripture. Okay, so I'll move on. Um, (laughs) But I see a deer... Bed down, and sometimes they don't go to sleep. Sometimes they bed down and they eat right there, because they. they, they I, I'm telling you, some are smarter than others, and some of them feel relaxed enough to bed down in the good stuff, and they're right there, and they can eat even while they're bedded down. But let let me let me just tell you, that's not just an observation from somebody that likes the outdoors. I say this all the time. If we were there and we were the original people that got to hear this, we would understand it a little better. He makes me lie down in green pastures. In those days, they reclined to eat. They actually laid back into the prone position as they would eat. We don't do that. You might find some restaurants, some some ethnic restaurants somewhere where they do that in their culture, and they invite you to do that. They invite you to sit on a cushion or something like that. Some of those places where you sit on the cushion, that's actually something that you could lay down on and be perfectly in order. And it says, "He makes me lie down, in green pastures." You remember the scripture that said that Jesus reclined at the table, and the sinful lady came in and prayed and. Her tears hit his feet. How did that happen? Because he was laying this way. His feet was there and she stood at his feet and her tears fell on his He was reclined. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Do you see that now? Do you, do you get, I want you to get a mental picture of that. That's a, that's a place of security that He has for you, and He can feed you even if you're in totally relaxed. He leads me beside the still waters. Let me just tell you, sometimes I feel like the best feeding He gives me is when I lay my head to sleep. How many of you have ever been almost asleep and the Lord speak to you and you have to get up, turn a light on, grab a pencil and paper, or, okay, I know what we're living in 2023. Grab your cell phone and go to notes. And you write down something that God gave you. Sometimes he's got to get you in your most relaxed position so he can even speak to you. Sometimes we're so stressed. I'm telling you, I'm preaching to myself too. Because I have the hardest time at night turning my mind off. And I know y'all thinking there's not much there to turn off, but I can tell you it's a struggle sometimes. It's a struggle to turn my mind off. It's thinking, it's thinking and thinking. And sometimes right before I go to sleep, he whispers something to me. Does anybody say, yep, that's happened? He leads me beside the still waters. This speaks of calm waters. This doesn't speak of rushing waters. This is interpreted as waters of rest. A very peaceful place. He has peace laid out for you. He has peace planned for you. He restores my soul. Could anybody say thank you for that, Lord? He restores my soul because my soul needs to be restored. He makes my mind not tired anymore. Has anybody ever had a tired mind? Can I tell you how how debilitating that is? You can be strong in your body, but tired in your mind, and you can't get up to grab a napkin. Got a witness. I'll take it. He restores my soul. He makes my mind not tired anymore. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Interesting one right there very interesting i'm telling you the church has got to buy out of whatever we have bought into that makes us think everything he does is because he loves us we got to get out of that one cause you'll 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 fence yourself into a trouble zone if you think everything jesus does is because he loves you there are some things that he does Because He does love you, but there's a greater purpose. And according to this, it's for His namesake. Some of the stuff that you're going through right now, you need to try to and and, and convince yourself to stop trying to pray yourself out of that because He's trying to teach you something while you're in it. He's He's not punishing you where you're at. He's accomplishing something inside of you for His namesake. Because according to his word, there's some things that only he can move anyway. And he's got to help you see that it was him minus you. Somebody say minus me. That sounds like a good title, Jonathan, but it don't make sense, so we won't go with that one. At the moment, it sounded good. Minus me. For his name's sake, for his name's sake, for his name. He knows how powerful his name is. Do you know why? He says this. He says, we're not to swear, and we're not to swear according to any name. We're not supposed to swear according to his name. But there was a time when he swore. He said, since I can't swear by anything greater, I'll swear by myself. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's the God that sees you where you're at right now. For his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. For you are with me. Yea, yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that, that's pretty prophetic right there. This is David who wrote this. And if a man can go through this, I dare not think that I get a pass on some things. There, there's a shadow of death that hangs over a particular valley. And I don't know everything about it. I just know I don't want to be there again. I, I've been through where I think that valley is at it, it, in the process of watching our daughter die. Hardest thing. I, I spent time this morning texting a very close friend, one of the guys I was with last weekend. His dad is dying, and he's having to watch him die. And He didn't say much about it, even though I, I spent private time with him. Last week, and, and he told me some stuff. He t- yeah, he told me the bad stuff, and maybe he was just needing to, to just have somebody be an ear for that. He told me some, some of the hard stuff, but I, I did not know that it was close. And, and this week, it's on him, and he's watching his dad die. I, I tell you, I think the hardest thing you'll ever do, I hope you don't have to do it, but to have to watch somebody die, and you can't do anything about it. it, it, it and you're just you're watching and waiting. And here, here's what makes it the worst part of It's when you realize it's so bad and the pain is so great. I would rather them be out of this pain even if it means they die. He says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. I, I, I just want you to know, in my mind, that is a picture of the hardest place you will ever walk through. Some of you may not have ever done that before, and it may be to come in your life. I I, I, I hope that it doesn't reach that place. For David, it did. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. I will fear no evil, you are with me. For me, I have been to that place that if there is a different valley that has a shadow of death and I mistook the valley that I was in as that, I know how hard that hit me and I know it was the Lord that brought me out of it and is still bringing us out of it. But I can't imagine that there would be another valley that I mistook. And I called it the valley of the shadow of death. Not realizing that there was a different valley. It's possible. I hope not. I pray not. But I don't know if you recognize this. But in this passage right here. Things have shifted. And I think it's on purpose. That it shifted. Because up to this point. He's talked about God. But when it gets to this point, he stops talking about God and he starts talking to God. There'll be a place in your life where experience will take you, and you've talked to people about things and you've told people about things. Have you, let me just question you this, get, pose this question to you. Have you ever told somebody one of the deepest, darkest things and it was special to you, and immediately wished you hadn't said a thing? I wish I hadn't opened my mouth because they did not know how to give it the reverence that I was giving it. It was not a common thing. I was not telling you that Burger King has two for five dollars. I was not telling you that eggs were on sale at Aldi. I was telling you the thing closest to my heart. And it might as well been eggs on sale at Aldi. because you didn't get it. And I know that's human nature. And I know that's human nature. I've been there before. I I, I have to hear a lot. It's part of my job. I hear a lot from people. I'll be honest with you. There's been times when people have told me something. I was hoping that they circled the wagon because I missed it because I'm human and my brain went somewhere else for a minute, okay? So just to be fair with that, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not thinking of anybody in this room, but sometimes we miss somebody's heartfelt cry. Why? It's human nature, and it's obviously a bigger deal to them than it is you. Right? And our easiest way out is to say, I'm praying for you. I'll pray for you. Amen? Y'all getting? getting. Don't leave me now. Don't leave me now. There has to be be those times in your life. Hear me. They hurt your feelings a little bit. How could I share something with you and me walk away wishing, I wish I hadn't told them that. Let me tell you, that has to happen. Can I tell you that that's one of those for his namesakes moment? Because if they could help you let me t- let me clue you in on. It. If they could help you in this area, he didn't have to. You didn't need him. You didn't need him. You thought you needed him, but you could find that in a friend. Or you can blame God. I hear, oh, we get into trouble with this all the time, blaming God for what we did. I'll move past. I'll move this quickly, but I'm gonna stay here for a second. So it's gonna just brace yourself. It's gonna hurt for a second, but stop blaming God for something that you did. If you got you into it, you're probably the one that needs to get you out of it. Yeah. I'll be right up here, where I at least have something steel to hand. But stand behind in case somebody throws something at me. Maybe I should preach down here. Got a little cage area right there. There are times. When he will grow us for his name's sake. His name will remain the same, but we will grow in the knowledge of him if we'll do it. So he switches from talking about God to talking to God because there are going to be times in your life when you think you've got an audience around you but you need to forget about them and turn to just Him. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. If nobody else is with me, He's with me. And you know how how you can know If you're taking that scripture and applying it to your situation when it shouldn't be there. If you're applying it to that situation and you should be applying it to that situation, it'll line up with his word. He does not adjust his word to your circumstance. Oh, it's quiet and I'm moving on. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Careful admission, right here. I never had anybody break this scripture down for me. I just thought when it said, your rod and your staff, I thought that was just like taking the one thing and and, and calling it a couple of things like it's a rod and it's a staff. I did not realize till a couple of years ago when I was walking around Billy Graham library and I saw these staffs, you know, the shepherd's crook, the the shepherd's staff had the crook, and it. it was long, and you the purpose was to reach out and and to pull the sheep back. And we get that right. But they had they they also had this, um, this area that had some some, some stuff that, that it like, hmm, I think I want one. As soon as I saw it, it was, it was carved out of a stick, and all it was was the knot of a tree and then the stem down portion of that tree and cut off and smoothed out and looked really cool and everything. But what it looked like to my 13-year-old brain was a club I could hit somebody with if I needed to. Y'all don't ever act like that, do you? My brain just went back to something I could hit. My dad, when I was 13 years, 12 years old, he bought um, his 40-acre farm that he grew up on. He he bought that. And I remember all these pine trees that were there. And they had uh, these these knots in the pine tree. Do y'all know what a pine knot is? I'm talking about a limb pine knot. That's all I can tell you that it looked like. And they were so cool because that knot was so hard. It was full of resin. It's so hard. And we would cut those off and make clubs so they were like a, a long shaft. And on the end was this big pine knot that was so hard. You could just walk around and hit stuff with it. You could hear, it, it just sounded cool. So when I saw that at Billy Graham Library, it took me back to that. And then I realized the scripture. I was, I was Oh, it has a little tag on it. A, okay, the shepherd's crook, the shepherd's staff, is what the shepherd uses, blah, 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 blah. And then it said, this is the shepherd's rod. And I'm telling you, it was like, whoa, whoa. Never even considered that the rod and the staff were two separate things. The shepherd has a staff. For correction. That crook is for correction. That rod is for protection. But let me tell you, they're both interchangeable. If he drops the rod, it can become, for the, the staff will be correction and protection. If he drops the staff, the rod will become correction and protection. If the animal comes to seize, the rod is for protection. If the animal, if the sheep is going the wrong way, it gets the tap for correction. Do you understand what I'm saying with that? Don't get upset with God because he loves you enough to correct you. You don't get mad with him because he loves you enough to protect you. So don't get mad when he loves you enough to correct you. Took a long time to get that. Took a long time to say it. But this scripture says, Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. And it's going to take a minute for us to understand sometimes that His protection is very similar to His correction. And we should appreciate it and learn to appreciate it. And learn to allow it to bring comfort to me. I'm telling you, the sheep have to be protected because they're sheep. The sheep have to be corrected because they're sheep. He never stops being a shepherd and we never stop being sheep. Amen. So my comfort should be that whatever I do, he's still got me. He never takes that rod and says, okay, just run along. Whoom. And, and good luck with that. He's not that kind of God. He's the kind of God that'll leave the herd behind and come after you. You prepare a table, he's, back. He, he, he's on this thing now where he's talking to God. You are with me, your rod, your staff. You prepare a table. He's not, he's not speaking to anybody else. He's talking to God. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. I never really got that. In the presence of my enemies, you, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. But until I understood this, God doesn't just love you. This isn't just so everybody can see you get blessed. God loves your enemies too. He loves people. And there are times in your life when people are going to be your enemies and they're going to be those same people could be on your side. And you, you, they'll never be on your side if you always look at them as enemies. And you've got to believe that God is allowing some things to happen So somebody can see your trust in God means something. There's some value to your trust in the Lord. And someone may not see it until they stay around long enough to see you be blessed out of something that they were trying to harm you in. Don't, Don't think too much of your present position. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. This makes me, I guess I'd say, hearken forward to Psalm 133. I don't know if you can hearken forward, but that's what I'm trying to convince you to do. Because in Psalm 133, the psalmist says this. He's talking about the oil, the precious anointing oil. And he says this. He said it it, it hits the head of Aaron. And it said it, it runs down his beard. And then it says it goes to the hem of his garment. That's actually a picture of the body of Christ. And it's for everyone to get touched by his oil. And then the running over. there There is no way for something to, to run over unless it's bubbling up from the inside, which is scriptural, which is scriptural, out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. And my cup, is still, still overflow because it can't happen. The only other way it can happen is, is that you continue to pour past capacity. Past capacity. And that's what God is willing to do in your life. He's willing to pour so that you get it and those connected to you get it. That's how good He is. And that's the picture that He has for us. Lastly, this. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I've given you this. I have preached this scripture before because it preaches so well. Wherever I go, wherever I walk to, at the rate that I walk, wherever I run, at the rate that I run, how good is that? I can't outrun it, and I can't slow down and drag my feet enough to stop it, for it to go go past me. Surely goodness and mercy shall always be there. You know why? Because I will always need goodness and mercy. If I fall, goodness and mercy will pick me up. He's always there for me. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the house of the Lord forever. In the house of, I will dwell, dwell, I will dwell. It's an interesting interpretation of that word dwell right there. It actually means return to. So substitute that. I will return to the house of the Lord forever. Doesn't that sound lovely? There's always a way back to Him. There'll always be a way back to Him. I will return to the house of the Lord forever. I won't get this benefit anywhere else. I won't get this on my own. I will not even reach a place where I say, I got it God. Go help my sister over there. My brother, go help my brother. Go help my sister. Go help. They need him more than I do. I got this, God. You know, we, 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 me and you. We're, we're, we're. I'm just right there below you, God. I can smell your breath. That's how close I live. No. Sorry, I didn't mean for that to sound too disrespectful. But sometimes we do act like we got a little bit up on the people around us, don't we? Can I tell you what a turn off that is? You're going to need His mercy, and I'm going to need His mercy, because we're still in this house of flesh. Amen? But He's chosen it that His Spirit will live inside of us, and I will return to the house of the Lord forever. I'll always go back. There will always be a way back for me. It will always be my home. And he will be my shepherd. I say it will always be my home because if I'll follow him, it'll be better than anything I can come up with. It'll always be better than anything that I can come up with. I won't go so far and so personal to ask anybody. If you remember a time or if you've ever ever stepped out of that, Because I think the truth is we've all been outside of that at at different times in our life. But to know that I can return to the house of the Lord. One of the songs we say, I I, I catch myself doing this. I catch myself as we sing some of these songs. I start praying some of these songs while we're singing. Because I love the music. I love our musicians. I love their voices. I love their heart of worship. But I love the words of the songs. And the words are important. And we sang songs this morning that spoke to the prodigal. This life that we live is not everything, but it's the connector to the life that will last forever. And I can't afford to miss that, and you can't afford to miss that, and your family can't afford to miss that. I just want to encourage you that your heart was bent towards the prodigals in your family. Thank God that He's a God that leads a trail back to Him. I just want to encourage you with that. That that I can only imagine that that is the most burdensome thing that a parent could carry is if their child wasn't serving the Lord. When I say child, I'm not talking about just teenager, you might think, oh, he's making a call. Yeah, teenagers, 20 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old. I'm 55 years old. Y'all would be shocked at how my mama still talks to me. I'm like, Mom, I'm grown, got children, and they got children. You got great-grandchildren. Yes, I'm your son, but... Do I ever graduate out of Little Johnny? Well, in some instances, no. And I think in those instances, I really am complaining about it now, but I wouldn't really have it any other way. Because she's still my mom. And I'm still her boy. And the greatest peace that I can give her is that she knows her boy loves the Lord. And I think the greatest peace that I could rob her of would be for her to know that I did not serve the Lord. I'd shut the Lord out or I was against God. Those that are mine. I got a son in here somewhere. No, he's in the back teaching. Got a daughter right there, a grandson right there. And one that's on the nine-month trail like yours was, (laughs) right inside of there. I can't even put my mind or my lips to hardly pronounce a sentence that would say, God, would you touch my Daughter, touch my son. Touch my grandchild. Touch my great grand. Touch my family member that's not saved. I'm talking about the, the 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 first ring, immediate family. And I know that that's in this house. And I know your heart is broken. And I know that God sees that. And when I just want to encourage you. When you've run out of things to ask people to agree with you on. Don't ever forget that your attention shifts right to Him. And say, God, I thank you that you see them where they're at. I thank you that you've heard every prayer. I thank you that you've made a way back. And I'm going to see them saved. And I'm believing for it. Amen. 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 We're going to sing a little chorus together. And this is what I I, I I want to say. It's real simple. So we'll sing it one time. And you guys join in. It's, it's but, but, but it, it makes this statement, I'll serve the Lord as long as I have breath, regardless of what it looks like. This is going to be, I'm going to end you out of here with a call on your faith. And you may have to close your eyes to what's going on around you, but by faith, I'm going to make this statement in my life.